Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. listeners welcome back inside the sound this is mj and this is the gypsy king in the house isn't your first name mr aka ryan for the for those who are uncomfortable with the <laughs> other name i can't believe it's a christmas miracle we got you to actually say your name on the record like an adult that's amazing i'm proud of you man Give me a fist bump. Fist bump. <laughs> ah, you're dropping things. Well, you had that cord angled there. Your cord's angled. Hold on. No, no, no. You got to tuck it under here underneath it. Hell, it's, it's underneath my uh, mic cord. Or what do you call this? Headphone cord. Don't worry, folks. We're a professional organization. I don't think anyone's ever doubted that. I don't think that's ever come into question as far as I know. You question it all the time. Well, at least you question my professionalism, which I don't think you'd be Makes the first to do Makes a lot of sense that. why we would do that. Yeah, exactly. Our guest is not here yet. Is she big-timing us? Is she just too important to show up? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Probably not. No, I, I think she seems pretty cool. Ah! Don't fall again. See, look at this. We did it. Turn you over this way. We did it, folks. We got set up on time. Even it's amazing. Miracles do still happen here at Inside the Sound, at the toy here in the toy cave. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how's your uh, how's your holidays, man? Did you have a good Christmas? I don't celebrate Christmas. That's that's not true. I. You know that. Well, what's this beautiful new bracelet you got? I don't celebrate Christmas. Didn't you didn't you get this gift for is that a new ring too? Look at you. You got new jewelry, man. There's no way that you just magically appear with new jewelry today on the twenty whatever of uh the end of De- that's like the thirtieth of December, I think, when we're recording this. Right. Um there's no way that just appeared on your body without uh without me putting it on. With, no, without, you know, maybe a loved one giving you some gifts, man. I didn't get you anything for Christmas. Sorry about that. Why do you need to give a gift? Well, I didn't. Well, I gave you the gift. The gift, the real present is the is my presence here today. So you're welcome. How do you feel about the commercialism of the holiday? I think you're, you're offering me a loaded question because you think I'm going to tee off. Oh, look, I think someone just came. And I think commercialism is fine. I think we should all just buy more things. I do too. <laughs> all right, here we go. I let's love. Let's admit. <laughs> let's see. I love buying stuff. 
See if she can connect. I love buying stuff. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? Good. You are uh you are live. We are live. Oh, I'm live. Okay, great. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> We're just doing audio though, so don't worry too much about the video. Okay, great. Yeah. Cool, cool. How's it can going? You hear me okay? Um you're Ish. uh yeah. It's a little low. I don't suppose you have headphones, do you? Turn yeah, hold on. Try it now. Okay, testing. That's better. Okay, good. <laughs> Turn up your volume a little bit. So um, we have a special guest today on Inside the Sound. Um, would you introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? Um, yes, my name. Thank you so much for having me. Um, <laughs> my name is Ali Venable, and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Yay! Well, thank you thank for you, being Allie. here. We appreciate your time. <laughs> During the holiday I love season. your. I know you can't see. We can't. The people can't see. But I love your Yoda. Uh, your um, Grogu shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> your baby Yoda. Shirt. Are you? Are, did you get caught up on the Mandalorian? Oh yes. Oh yes. Me and my family are like big uh, Star Wars fans. So you know, I'm really yeah. happy that you said that. <laughs> Because that's good. We have good a. You are. Should we bring this up? I'm, I'm sure, sure. Allie. Really this is the first thing you want to bring up with Allie. Sure, yeah. go ahead. Go right ahead, Ryan. Please. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even have to ask the question. So you're on Team Star Wars. <laughs> yes, I am. Because uh, there seems to be two camps, like Team Star Wars and Team Star Trek. This is an imaginary border that you put in your mind. Brother. I did. <laughs> This is the imaginary <laughs> distinction. Most Star Trek fans are Star Wars fans. I like Star Wars. I I watched the, the I don't the think I've ever seen like a a maybe like one Star Trek like episode or like movie. My my grandma was actually very into like all the spacey stuff and like Star Trek and but I was more into I'm more into the Star Wars stuff, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, I, we it, encourage. I, we love sci-fi here at Inside the Sound. It just says something about a person, you know. <laughs> if you like Star Wars, it it just claim is that all Star Trek fans are, are nerds too, you know. That's not my claim. That's man. your claim. You said that offline. <laughs> what did I say? You said that all Star Trek fans are nerds. Uh, would they disagree? <laughs> yeah, I think now nerd is like a a good thing to be thank you Allie it's it's like uh what's the word it's it's uh it's good to be a nerd now or it's 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 cool to be the nerd now. that's right correct I'm obviously the coolest between the two of us and so she's <laughs> yeah that, it. that goes without so saying just, uh, does go without saying so I'm just saying that you know you have the Star Wars fan which is your average sci-fi fan and you have the Star Trek fan who's like the elite the minority the <laughs> I'm just saying, Allie, if you like good sci-fi, you should check out Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery. They're, they're anyway, new shows. She's, not, they're she's never going to watch that. CBS she All Access. Actually, if you want to, if you want to fall asleep, you know, those sometimes you have nights that you can't. Maybe before a gig, you know, those nights when you might be a little nervous, just put Star Trek on. You'll fall right asleep. The, the original series, I'm going to agree with you there. I fall asleep to that that stuff. I can't. I can't anyway. watch that stuff as much. Yeah, anyone that comes on knows we have to deal with a little bit <clears> of this nonsense, but. It's part of the fun, Allie. Yeah. (laughs) If you feel like ripping MJ at any point, you know, go for it. She she won't, though. I got my mom a actual, like, baby Yoda doll. Oh, yay. Oh, really? And the year before, I made her a Star Wars blanket. It's, like, huge. Aw. You know, I'm going to show you this real quick. 
the uh, listeners aren't, they might hear the sound effects here. <laughs> oh, yeah, watch this. Put it up in front of the mic so the listeners can hear it. See this guy? <gasps> oh, watch that's this. Awesome. When you tap him on the head. <laughs> oh, wow. He just used the force. Yeah. Oh, he controls my God. the force. Yeah. Crazy. He has like 50 di different little things he does. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm just saying I like Star Wars. I'm not saying I don't. Yeah, that, <laughs> my goodness, you can he hate me. You know, it's okay if you hate me. And I don't. You know, hate. that's fine. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly it's it. Okay that's you, why we work together because I hate you so much. It's okay much. if you hate Team Star Wars. I don't have a problem with it. Like we can take it, right, Allie? Yes. You're probably wondering, like, how far can this bit go, and when yeah. will it stop? <laughs> when will it stop? Uh, we're well. We're excited to have you on, Allie. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time here at the end of the year. Um, we really like to to talk with musicians. It's kind of what we do. And um, I I will admit, not I've seen one or two videos. That's that's about it. But what I saw was really good. Like my gosh. So you you play blues, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I play. Um, it's a, kind of like in contemporary, like blues rock. Cool. Um, sound. Um, I, when I well I can I can kind of tell you a little bit like of a background of like how I got into music and everything. Um, Perfect. When I was um, about twelve years old, twelve is always the number for some reason. But when I was like twelve, I picked up the guitar. But before that, I sang um, in like church and like my children's church choir. Oh, cool. And then my my grandma was very musical as well, and so she kind of taught me how to sing and. Um, and then I, I wanted to get the guitar just solely to just for fun, just to play like for my family or for my friends, like when we're hanging out, you know, and then it kind of I, I got really into it. And um, I started playing country music and I really I got into like I really love Miranda Lambert. She's from Lindell, which is about 20, 30 minutes from where I live, which is in Kilgore in Texas. Yay, Texas. And <laughs> And um, I loved Carrie Underwood, like stuff like that, stuff that a teenage girl that wants to play music in Texas, <laughs> that's what I like. Right. And so what? then when I um, discovered blues was through Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm -hmm. and I didn't know a whole lot about guitar when I discovered him. So I just, I, I just, what, what drew me to him was his voice. I really thought it was like a very unique voice, but it was very strong, but still like very, it was just, I just really loved Stevie's voice. And then later on, I found out that he was a guitar player known for his guitar playing. And so then I, I wanted to see if I could, you know, try, try to do that too, like a guitar slinging type thing. <laughs> and then discovering Stevie just brought me into this whole, world of blues music and guitar like guitar world like it just opened up my my eyes <laughs> to what you saw be. the light when you heard stevie so, yeah so stevie that was that. and that's kind of my goal with with my music is you know to introduce somebody and kind of that was in my shoes that you know was kind of in the music kind of like liked music but didn't really know a whole lot about blues or you know guitar so to kind of introduce them like Stevie did for me. That's cool. I dig that. <laughs> well, Do no, you remember like what particular song, what Stevie Ray Vaughan song 
It was. Do you remember that moment? It might have been his like Texas flood or like his instep record or you know something like something like that, like uh, Lenny or Riviera Paradise, all those. Um, like those is what got me into playing like guitar stuff. Um, but like Texas flood and like Pride and Joy, like all of his staples, like Pride and Joy, and you know all that stuff. It is Willie the Wimp is cool. (laughs) (laughs) It it is interesting that it was his voice. It's funny that you mentioned that because he does have a very distinct Distinct, voice. Yeah, Yeah, it's very unique. It's not like a traditional blues. Yeah, right. Mm. I agree. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. yeah. Yeah, what's cool about Stevie too is that he was he put blues on like mainstream radio. Him and uh, Robert Cray, Eric Clapton, like those, like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Robert Cray are, are the ones that I can think of at the top of my head right now that really put blues on like a mainstream mindset at the time that they were popular. Because he did that thing with you know David Bowie. Oh right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, I don't know. That's just kind of my goal with my music is to kind of introduce people like he did <laughs> no i just i love that you have a goal <clears throat> um <laughs> you know we really want to encourage musicians you know here inside the sounds like what we're all about and i like one of the things i like about our show is that we're not sort of stuck in one genre or one type of musician so we've had other musicians on right to play different instruments and stuff um but i believe you're going to be the first i guess blues player I don't know. Well, yeah. no, we've had it. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say especially so. with with that with that. But I just, um, yeah, the blues is the blues is so interesting because it like it un, it's an undercurrent in so many different other styles of music too. You know, it's really yes. everywhere, yes. and we just don't acknowledge. No, it that's totally it. true. That's totally true. Like, um, I think the reason why I connect with it so well is because it is the origin of really all music that we listen to today you know it's evolved of course it's evolved over time like you know it, it there's there's elements of blues in country there's elements of blues in rock of course um there's right. elements in r&b um even some pop like there's it's all it all comes from that 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 blues music and i think that's also why i i enjoy playing it and i enjoy you know kind of evolving the, the sound as well, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with my music. <laughs> so, uh, do you remember the moment when you decided, like, I want to do this, like, seriously? I want, I want to be a professional musician. Well, I think the, I guess the moment I realized I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> uh. I wasn't good at anything else. <laughs> 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 no, I, I just really like I just really enjoy it and it's 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 my passion. You know, I, I I love making people happy with, you know, and I love writing songs. I love meeting people. I love learning um new things, you know, with music and you know, with my with myself learning. Just I, I just really enjoy it. And I just I though I guess there whenever I started playing a lot more shows and getting more into like touring and I was, I like I went I went to college for 
two semesters, like at a community college and I just got to the, and I did everything online. So, and it just got to the point to where I was getting at the hotel room at like three in the morning and then having to write a paper for that only that day and like a research paper and I'd have to turn it in. And then I only have certain amount of blocks of time to do my work because I was already doing my career. So right. I, I just decided, I was like, you know, I'm, I can always go, go back to, you know, going to school. I can't really go back to being, you know, a musician in my, in my mind, you know, I, I was like, I have to keep fueling the fire. I have to keep putting in the work. I have to keep, gr- keep grinding it out. Mm-hmm. So that was just my mindset <laughs> on it. And I just really love, I love doing it. And I love, I love working, I guess if that makes sense. Or I love, you know, the, the grind. I love the, uh, working my work ethic. And I like, I like doing that. <laughs> so it kind of sounds like you hit a point where you're like, if I can't give this my all, like, or I need to give this my all, like yeah. I can't be distracted. Right. Yes. 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 And there are a lot of sacrifices you have to make in being a musician too. So <laughs> like not going out with friends all the time and like hmm. staying home and like doing your, doing what you're supposed to do and learning different things. And yeah. <laughs> that is one thing, Allie, that uh, quite a few people have brought up the the sacrifices that you have to make you know behind mm-hmm. the scenes that 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 maybe uh people don't give you credit for or don't understand you know everything that you're putting into it on your end um like what what motivates you in those times when you're like by yourself practicing or learning <laughs> learning a new riff or learning a new you know this or that or writing songs like what gets you through motivationally Um, I think knowing that I have a purpose in my life or that I have a goal that I want to achieve, I think that's what motivates me the most. And also the support that I have around me as well helps me as well. Cause you know, I, I, you know, before all this COVID stuff, (laughs) I was gone, like probably, I was probably home like a month throughout like throughout the whole year wow like scattered like talk about a grind no i was gone i was playing shows every day which i loved doing i loved doing that um but i did miss you know like birthdays and um holidays i miss like when i recorded my texas honey album i miss thanksgiving with my family um like stuff like that you you Mm. miss um and you just kind of have to decide you know what's the priority I guess (laughs) or the goal like you're like you're on like you have to uh hone in on what you what you really want so but that's what kind of motivates me is um one the support that I have around me and knowing that I have a purpose and what I'm doing and that I make um make people happy doing it so and then I enjoy it so (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about a grind. You were yeah, you were really that's a really put schedule. your all into it. Yeah, yeah. Especially my Europe, the Europe tours that I did last year were were crazy. We did I did a tour called the Blues Caravan Tour, which was 
with, um, I just signed with a new label called Riff Records and Thomas puts on a tour every year called the Blues Caravan Tour to kind of introduce, you know, the um, new, new signed or late, the label mates that um, want to play in Europe basically and kind of introduce them to that audience. So I did, I did like three different legs of that tour. And then um, there was one, there was a, the legs are really long. They're like every day. So we did like, we were there for, we did 27 shows in like 31 days. Like <laughs> wow. That. It oh, was man. like every day, but it was That's awesome. Brutal. That's great. <laughs> it was a lot of hard work, but it was really fun. Um, and, you know, I was supposed to do my own uh, Europe tour this year. Um, in like March, April time. And that's when mm. everything like hit. Yeah, so then we yeah, like yeah. moved it to like October, November time. And then of course there's a ban <laughs> to go over there. So we moved it to 2021, October, November time for my Europe oh, tour wow, with okay. my new album that I'm putting out in February. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be called Heart of Fire. Oh, wow. And, okay. um, I dig the title. I recorded, I recorded it in uh, Tennessee with or Memphis with um, Jim Gaines. He produced and engineered the album. He's worked with um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He did Stevie Ray Vaughan's Instep record. He did uh, Carlos Santana, a couple of albums for him, Journey. Wow. He did, he helped Steve Miller's uh, Fly Like an Eagle record. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm very excited. To put this album out it's really mm. rocking it still has the blues elements in there but it's very rocking and i've 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 i'm really happy with how like my guitar tone sounds on this record it's really like fat and loud and i've always <laughs> wanted to have that guitar sound i think i finally achieved what i have in my head and it's all thanks to jim Gaines. <laughs> that's awesome Good for you. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. I mean, that that gets me excited. What kind of what kind of uh, amp and and chain are you using? Um, well, for that, I just use my live setup. So mm -hmm. I have a, a category five uh, tube amp. They're made out of Dallas, Texas, by a man named Don Ritter. Mm -hmm. And um, I I met him at the Dallas International Guitar Festival. He backlines the whole festival. Oh, with those and so I got in contact with him that and through that festival with um Jimmy Wallace puts that festival on and it's and it's an amazing festival <laughs> um and uh I used um I'm trying to think of what pedal I used like one pedal for like most of my album um it was a vertex uh dynamic distortion pedal for most of the <clears throat> like rockier sounds <laughs> and it's just like a high gain pedal basically okay. that i just push through my amp and i just use the clean channel the amp it has like six l6 tubes in it and the 112 austin speaker in there and we just cranked it up and it sounded great <laughs> <laughs> that's rad yeah when nothing else when everything else fails just turn it up that's true <laughs> gotta work can't go wrong <laughs> Going back just a little bit, uh, when you were talking about your uh, tour, your, your European mm -hmm. tour, just 
in general, I guess when you're on tour, I mean, it sounds like you were on a stage more than you were anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it requires, I mean, you're fronting, you're singing, you know, you're, you're the, the commander of the stage. So that takes a lot of physical and emotional energy to be able to do that. How are you able to, to find it in yourself to, to produce that every night when you got on stage? I've, I've always been curious about that. <laughs> well, um, I think, you know, getting on stage, there's um, a, I guess, like a certain a- approach, you know, to going on stage and kind of like leading the band. But what helps me a lot is is my actual band, Elijah um, Owings on drums. And then I have a new bass player. His name is Braden Stubbs, and he's on the bass. And what really helps is you know, having confidence that your band's going to like be there for you basically. (laughs) And those guys are definitely, definitely an amazing rhythm section. And, you know, having the confidence to go up on stage, it, there's a, there's a lot to, to, to that, you know, make, making sure everything's like set when you get there and, um, you know, have like knowing, you know, like me, like me and Elijah have been playing for, um, since a lot, my drummer has been with me since I was a freshman in high school. Huh. Wow. And I'm 20, 21 now. So I was probably like 15, 14 or 15, I think. Um, and we played so much together that we've, we know what we're going to do on stage. So that's really, um, I guess, comforting or um sets me at ease (laughs) (laughs) having him in there with me and it's cool too because since we played so long together we will try different things on stage once you get a little comfortable um and it adds to the show or adds to the song or if we're jamming he'll do something on the drums and then i'll do something on my guitar and sometimes it'll be like there's been times where we tried things and we don't tell each other we're going to try things, but we just like look at each other and just do it. And it's crazy. It's really, it's a really wild thing to, to do that. <laughs> and it sounds, it sounds cool. And then when we, if we like what we did, then we'll just add it, you know, to the next show or whatever, if we remember, but it's, it's really cool. It's really, I guess that's what helps me be comfortable on stage. <laughs> yeah. When you got the right people, the right chemistry, it's all the difference. Really is. Yeah, and all and also knowing that you know going into a mindset of like um, everybody's there to have a good time. You know, they don't want to see you fail in any way. You know, they want they 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 want to have a good time, so they want you to have a good time. You know, so the energy is always going to be good at the That's show true. that way too. So yeah, positive energy goes a long way, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> You feed yeah, off I'm, a big, I'm a big thing about positive thinking i really like thinking uh you know try not to think super negative about things and just putting positive vibes into the world i know that sounds so cliche <laughs> but you know i i'm really a big uh big advocate for that <laughs> well it's, it's true though it, it may sound cliche but there's i think there's way more power in that than people realize so i'm i'm completely on board with with what you're saying there 
Yeah, I mean, I really do agree because, like, it's so easy. Like, it, well, there's like this race to the bottom of the brain stem with all these big tech companies and the things that you click on that we tend to focus on and spend a lot of time and attention on is the negative. And it's not because we all want to watch car crashes. You know, it's like, it, it, it's just, it's just how we're sort of wired as human beings. And there's such an, there's such a, like there's such a benefit in focusing on what's positive and it's, it's actually hard to do. It takes more energy. That's why it's, you know, it's why it's so exhausting and draining to like go up there on stage and be this great persona. Right. And, and you're giving of that energy to all those people who are there watching you and even to those in your band too, you know what I'm saying? But that's the thing. Like you said, when you have people you trust and people who you connect with and you have that chemistry with, like on stage with you, you know, it's like you, you, you charge each other up, you know what I'm saying? You give each other that energy and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a cool, there's really nothing quite like it. Like there's no being able to have that, those great moments on stage. Well, actually that got me thinking, um, what is your favorite memory on like as you've been you've done a lot of shows right a lot of performing do you have a favorite memory or two that that you'd be willing to share um, i think oh there's so many cool places that i've got to play um favorite moment then even moments on stage um i think my one of my favorite moments on stage was playing with um the almond bets band um at um, the Almond Revival shows. I got to play the the Beacon Theater in New York. Cool. With Devin and Dwayne and, and everybody. Devin, oh, wow. um, they, it's it's the sons of the Almond Brothers, and they're the Almond Almond Betts Band. And Devin is just an amazing amazing person, <laughs> and guitar player and songwriter. And um, he invited me as well as. Um, a lot of his friends as guests, musician friends as guests to um, the Almond Almond Family Revival show in honor of Greg to celebrate him. And uh, it was, uh, there were, we did three shows last year around December, uh, around this time last year, actually. And it was at the Beacon, um, a place in Denver, Colorado. I forgot the name. That one, that place was huge. It was like, I don't know, a couple thousand people in this, this, uh, venue was like huge. (laughs) And then we played at the, um, in San Francisco, California at, Oh, what is the place called? The Fillmore. Oh, the Fillmore. Fillmore. Cool. And so that was really, really cool experience. And then also, um, this year before everything got crazy, um, I did the, um, Keeping the Blues Alive at Sea Cruise um, with Joe Bonamassa. He put oh, right. he has like a, a cruise with all a um, bunch of blues artists on there. So that was really fun. We got to go to the Bahamas, which is really cool. That was the destination <laughs> for the cruise. And so that those those two things, I think being able to play with my band at the on the cruise was was a really cool experience for sure. Yeah, you're a busy lady. Yeah, for real. Man. All over. So you <laughs> and and you're young too and you've already been doing this quite a while. Like it really being like I said being the head of a band, you know, like being the the one that most people like you're the you're the focus there up on stage. Like that's really I mean 
I guess I, I'm really curious about like your mentality when you do it, because you, you obviously stuck with it and you've been able to do it. If, if you had to pick one thing that gave you confidence, because I mean, there's so much that goes into it, right? I got to make sure my there's hair a, is right. The yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so it's much a lot of pressure. Yeah. So like if you had to pick one thing that, that, that helped you, or like if there was one thing that gave, that you could share that gave you the confidence to do that. Um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pick one thing. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's just, I, I guess I could just say, you know, again, that I have like, it's a, it's my passion and it's, um, I have, like, I have a purpose doing what I'm doing and I just, I just love it. That that's just, I guess that's what gives me confidence is that I really love going on stage and playing my guitar for everybody. I think that's just, it's just fun to me. (laughs) It's fun to do. (laughs) And it's cool to see people's reactions to like to the show. And I don't know, just making people feel good. That's what gives me the confidence to do what I do. It's funny. The more we talk to people like you, Ali, the more I realize how uh, selfless it is to be a performer. You know, you, <laughs> you put all this, this work and effort, you know, so people can come and be entertained. Like that is, it's a service to, to humanity in a lot of ways. And, um, very therapeutic yeah on both sides on both sides too like for not only for the audience but for me it's very uh therapeutic (laughs) yeah um it brings people together too hmm. you know everybody's there solely for the music and nothing else yeah yeah, that's maybe a beer. Or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's true though. Like, like when you talked about the moment that you and your drummer had, you know, where where something just happened, you know. Um, it's just, yeah. When you go to a when you go to a show, like when you're in the moment, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like unexplainable. Like you you said, it just happened. You know, like those moments. Like I'm sure every show has its unique little aspects right mm-hmm. and you know maybe that had to do with the crowd that was there you know what you did mm-hmm. that night you know you felt like you should do it and you know people people will always remember that you know that is that's something really really cool mm-hmm. and also you know i could play you know i could have relatively the same set list and maybe change up a few songs here and there but even if i were to play the same song it's never going to be the exact same as i played it the night before you know it's going to be just a little bit different the way i play it and the the vibe like you said with the crowd and something that made it happen on stage or that we try something that we may not try something it just depends on that time and what what it's what it is it is what it is right. <laughs> so yeah i really like that aspect too of, of performing is that it's never the same exact 
show. Well, think about it. You're never really the same, Allie. Like every time you've had a new experience, you've had a new day, you've added some years to your life. You, when you go back on stage, you, you are the same entity, the same being, but you're never, it's like a whirlpool, right? It's the, it's the same whirlpool, but not the same water that's passing through time does that to all of us and that's that's why those you know music is never really finished right the, it, like a song can continue to evolve right you can just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. keep working on it um but that's a fun process because like you you're reconnecting with this song every time you go and you play it live and like you said you can't you can't exactly play it identical every single way because we're not computers right we're, we're living beings and yeah <laughs> you, you know what i mean it's not you're not and Beep, people boop, people bop. are going yeah exactly <laughs> people aren't going on stage to hear someone hit play on a recording right like they're going or not going on stage sorry people aren't coming to watch you on stage because they want to hear somebody hit play on a, on a computer like they go because they want that live element like that's what people yeah they want to feel the they want to feel yeah. the music like when I go to a concert, like I love feeling that like kick drum, yes. you know, in my chest yeah. and like a, you know, a, a loud guitar, like, you know, just like the whole, it, the whole like feeling of like the sound waves in the air, you know, and yeah. like the, just the whole, especially on stage, like I'll use, sometimes I'll use inner monitors, but I still want like the air to be filled with my amp on stage too you know have mm. to feel the to feel the kick drum to feel all of those elements too that's what makes a live show so special is though is that right there what you're talking about well you're so right though those frequencies in the air yeah mm-hmm. there's nothing like it no there there's is nothing like it like you <laughs> yeah when you after you walk away from a performance like when it's over you it, it stays with you for a while it really does. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I remember my first um I went to I was in 8th grade. It just wasn't my first concert, but this is one of the earlier or earlier I say, but um I my mom had surprised me with um I played tennis in high school and or maybe it was yeah, it was like I was a freshman I think and she had picked me up from like my tournament that I played that day and she was like hey and she brought some clothes she's like put these clothes on and we're gonna go somewhere and I was like okay so we went to a gas station I changed real quick and then I was like where are we going I put my hair was like all disgusting from like tennis you know I've been playing all day. I probably like, braided hair. it you oh. know I had to, I was like I guess I'll just braid my hair or something and so she's like we're gonna go see buddy guy and I was like Oh, that's awesome. And so we went to Dallas. He played like at the House of Blues in Dallas. And I was like the only young person there, I think. The only <laughs> person like that was in there. In, I guess I was, yeah, I was the only young person there. And I was shorter than everybody too because it was all like older men or most <laughs> older men there. It was a blues, it was a blues concert. Right. <laughs> so I like weaseled my way or weaseled, like I'm, <laughs> moved my way through the crowd and I, I got to the very front because I was you know I was girl I was like hey can I get in front of you like sure right. so <laughs> I got to the front and uh it was I, I just remember the show like buddy gave me like his pick and like I was like fangirling hard 
hardcore, you know, because I'm a big buddy guy fan. And he would just hand me his pick and and I just remember him walking out into the he does like this thing where he walks out into the crowd and plays for everybody. And so and it was just it was an awesome experience, you know, and that's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. That those those little moments in the show. So <laughs> Yeah, I just <laughs> it just hit me right now it's weird like how how powerful that is you know i'm mm-hmm. thinking about some of the concerts i've been to and especially when you see someone that you've yeah loved for a long time and you're actually in the room with them and you're actually mm-hmm. seeing them on stage performing the songs that you've been listening to for so long that's cool it's an amazing thing it really is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like 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 you say that like i i did this um uh showcase with Gibson for Nam at the Anaheim Convention Center. And um, I got to, like, like you said, like you've been listening to these, these people like music and like you see their face, like on an album cover or like on Instagram or something, you know, and then you see them in person. So I got to meet Billy Gibbons and I was like in a dress. I got, there was like three dressing rooms at this convention center and like all the Gibson artists were like back there and, um, I got, and they put us in like different certain people in certain rooms, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to meet Billy Gibbons and I, I got to be in that dressing room and I was just like, this is crazy. He's just <laughs> sitting in the corner with his long beard, right. and he just, you know, <laughs> and it was cool. Cause I had my guitar and I was like warming up, um, before I went on, just playing on my guitar back there. And I was playing sunshine of your love on my guitar and he heard me and he's like can i see your guitar and i was like yeah and he was like he's like play it like this and like he showed me like a different way to play it. and he's like the way you're playing it's kind of girly he's like play it like this what jeez <laughs> but it was great because billy gibbons is teaching me some guitar stuff you know all my guitar and he, it was like more powerful basically like power chords and stuff and right. he was like I play a little slower like just groove on it groove on it so that was cool and i also got to meet slash like briefly oh sweet and the then, elusive um, yeah really yeah what's he like um he seems just like a cool person <laughs> <laughs> i just got to say hi and bye it wasn't okay, like a okay. conversation i got to have with with gibbons but he walked in the he walked in the dressing room for a little bit and everybody's just kind of like oh you know slash is here you know and uh He's really tall. I didn't think he was that tall, but he's like really tall. And then uh, I got to meet Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, and oh, she cool. was amazing, very supportive, very just super nice. And um, they played, um, and it was very rocking and very badass. She like did this like <laughs> she did this like huge scream like before she played. Um, I miss the misery, and she she did this like. She like belted this note and I was like, that was crazy. And she's like, I do that just to see what people's faces. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's pretty talented. So it was great. So most of the, your fellow musicians and performers are usually uh, pretty supportive and for the most part. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see especially within like the blues community, a lot of the guitar players that have been doing it way before 
I've been doing it have been super supportive. Like, um, especially when I first like started to play, they were, they were awesome. Like, um, Gary Hoey was, is super supportive. Um, Lance, my good friend Lance Lopez, Eric Gales, um, Mike Zito. Um, there's, there's just so many guitar players that have, you know, helped, helped me, you know, and that, and it's really cool. That's All cool. The <laughs> Eric's Eric's cool too. Yeah, I, yeah. Live, he I, I've seen he's some something of his performances. Else. It he's blows something my else. Mind. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, he he's amazing. I met him uh, when I was twelve or thirteen years old. Maybe oh, wow. he was a little older, but I had the honor of having him play on my last album, Texas Honey. What? I didn't know that. Really oh, cool. that's cool. <laughs> Good for you. Oh my gosh, that's cool. <laughs> that's rad. Man, that's just awesome. I'm just so happy for you. Like, like I can't... Well, it's... Uh, again, you know, I don't want to call... Like, oh, she's so young. But, like, at your age, like, for you to be... You've you've done so much, and you're just getting started. Like, um, it's just <laughs> fun to see. You know what I mean? Like, because we really like to... We want to encourage musicians and people who want to be musicians. And, and um, I don't know. Like, it, like, it's just... It's inspiring to talk to someone who's been able to to just go after it, you know? And I mean, I know you said you have a lot of support and that's, um, I'm sure that's been a big part of it too. Just, you know, we mm -hmm. want to support musicians. That's what, that's what we're doing here, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank you for all the support. We need it, especially right now. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting time. COVID stuff. Uh, yeah. How have you been adjusting <laughs> with COVID? How have you like, um, yeah. I know you said there's an album coming out. Mm -hmm. So I recorded this album with the intention of it coming out um, this summer, hmm. but then all that, you know, kind of went away with <laughs> putting it out this summer because I couldn't, because oh, we could have, but I wanted to kind of tour on it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play some sort of live shows with it. And so we held back with that, but I recorded it actually the last, right after Nam, we went down and recorded it the week after. So we had like, nam sickness while we were <laughs> recording <laughs> or i did my, my drummer and i did um but we recorded it and then um i've just been trying to adapt in a way where it's i'm more like online and stuff now um like uh trying to incorporate more live streaming and reaching everybody all of my fans um through my socials and just playing like live shows that way <laughs> cool. and also maybe doing some i've done a couple of like outdoor events and socially distanced shows or like the capacities you know like at half or um 75 that type of thing because i'm in texas so um stuff like that that i've tried to do <laughs> well it's great you're still doing stuff i mean yeah i know it's like a different pandemic depending on what zip code or what state you live in so I know mm -hmm. Texas hasn't been quite as, as restrictive as other places. Well, um, yeah, different parts of Texas. Like, um, like I guess the bigger cities are more restrictive with sense. what's going on. And then the more rural or the smaller towns and stuff, since there's less people and stuff like that. Cool. But, yeah, Texas, they're all, we're all rebels. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. That's right. Uh. Ali, I wanted to ask you about a little bit about specifically about the guitar. Um, okay. 
I've been a fan of the blues for a long time myself. Um, it's one it's one of the genres that I really enjoy. And when you hear uh, someone playing the blues, it's kind of interesting because some people just have it. Like you hear it and you're like, okay, that just sounds right. And like when I listen to you, like you you definitely have it. Like when you when you're playing, like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um. How did you like when it comes to guitar? Like, what was your what was your process like when it comes to your guitar skill, like specifically your guitar skills and your style and all that? Like, how did that develop? Um, well, first thing is that I what I love about blues is that you can strip it down as much as you want and build it up as much as you want, especially with like a one four five um, progression. And I think that's where I learned where things fit and how things work as far as rhythm and lead playing in. Also, I think I learned the most just playing live. Like you can learn the, the core elements of playing guitar and singing. But in my opinion, you learn the best when you play with other people and you're yeah. playing live in front of people because <laughs> that's where you learn like how things fit and when you mess up what it sounds like <laughs> and when you're out of time and stuff like that so I think again that that's where I learned the most is playing live with with a band or with jamming with other people so do you have like a specific practice schedule or learning schedule or is it more just like playing and trying to get um, the feel right I'm so bad at practicing, but I try. I've been, especially now during COVID, I've been trying to like hunker down and like just listen to songs and and um, learning from other guitar players. I I like to learn from just other people that I know. Like, hey, what's that like? Teach teach it to me, please. You know, right. stuff like that. And like, I have a I can you can pull up like a metronome or I have one on my phone and you can just, um, or on YouTube even, and you can uh, just practice like a lick or like a rhythm or even like get like a little looper pedal and just play like a rhythm on it and then practice lead on top of it, stuff like that. Yeah, the improvising really helps, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> your Red Les Paul always catches my eye like how did, how did you oh, how did you decide what uh guitars you were gonna play that's always oh, an interesting well, thing yeah that was a um gift from jimmy wallace he does the um he puts on the dallas international guitar show and that was from him and i also have like a custom uh gibson um a gibson custom shop that that is awesome but it's heavy that's heck. It's so <laughs> Well, Les Pauls are so pretty I don't heavy play that one live, but I play it around That's the dick. house sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, and then I also have this, uh, uh, it's a, a Les Paul special double cutaway that um, Gibson sent to me that is has P90s in it. So it's kind of has that single coil stratty sound but just a little more like punch to it right which sounds awesome and it's super light so i'm happy about that 
And then I, this year is the first year that I've like really played live with a Flying V Gibson also. Gibson, they put out like a, they did like a reissue of like some of their 70s model guitars. And so um, they sent me, it's a white Flying V and it's, it's crazy loud, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the guitars, whenever you, I have all, I mean, I have strats and I have tellies and you know, acoustic, you know, I have a Gibson gave me a J45. Um, like there's so many different guitars that are in, I'm actually renovating my music room right now. And so that's, that's why I'm not in there right now, but, um, it's, I had like stacks and stacks. So just guitar cases with guitars. In them. <laughs> there's <laughs> a lot of horses there's in the stable. There's nowhere to put them. <laughs> like, I don't know how Joe does it because he has like hundreds of these of these guitars. Huh. I don't know where he like stores them because I only I have like probably like I want to say about twenty twenty three oh. guitars. <laughs> wow, and that's a lot of them. Yeah. Like that's the only place I'd have to put them in the corner of my like music room because that's the only place that I can fit them is <laughs> in a corner. That's yeah, not a bad problem. It's I don't, not. It's yeah. not a bad. That's a good a problem, problem now. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> you should have like a, a special display room for all the guitars, where they're all like, yeah, you know, yeah. temperature controlled and climate controlled. So yeah, I, when I make my millions playing blues, I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, make a temperature controlled. Sounds <laughs> like a plan. Guitar room. Heck yeah! Can't wait. So how did you pick? Do you have like a go-to guitar, like your baby? Um, Which guitar is your baby? The. It's bet- right now. It's between the magenta guitar that you like and the special, the double cutaway black guitar that I have. And I also have my Strat that I love so much. But I've hey, just been Fender. playing all these different guitars right. here lately. So, <laughs> have you named them yet? I don't have names for any of my guitars. What? I don't. Well, I know. I'm so bad. I'm so. I'm. I'm the worst musician ever because I do not name. I don't have. They don't have any names. It's unnatural. Nameless. <laughs> As I'm always curious about that because some of the names are so interesting to me and the mm-hmm. story behind it. Yeah, for real. So is, yeah, I don't have any cool names. Ah. <laughs> so how did how did those guitars become your go-to? I don't know. They just kind of fit me. Like they went with my personality, my style, I guess. And they're, they're like, they're like an extension of me. You know, they're, that hmm. they're, they're, I don't see myself performing without a guitar. If that makes sense. Like just singing, like they're like a part of me. <laughs> So I guess that's why they stuck with me. I just felt comfortable with them and they just produced the sound that or close to the sound that I had in my head of what I wanted. And they're uh, relatively easy for me to, to pick up and play. You know, I didn't have to really do too much to them as far as setup or anything. So you've been talking a lot about the, the tone that you had in your head for a long time like you're finally able to achieve that i i know stevie ray vaughn has one of the most amazing tones mm. that i've ever heard yeah, in my life he does. ever he does. what what was can you describe a little bit like why <laughs> i described what i have in my head yeah i just probably <laughs> hear it huh um i guess i was just curious like why did it why do you think it took you so long to get there um 
Well, I'm still learning, but I'm, I feel like, especially for the, the record that I'm putting out in February, that that's the guitar that I've always wanted to record. Oh, like okay. the, cause I, I, I just really like that big, um, thick Gibson, like just tone that makes sense <laughs> yeah for sure and uh i felt like i've always had to like kind of like dial it down a little bit just or i just haven't found the right um like pedals or sounds or you know just the the dialing in the right um you know sound i guess <laughs> but also i it's because i've always like i'm always learning like you don't you don't know tone right when you first pick up the guitar and start, you know? Right. So <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with it too, is like trying like everything that I could get my hands on and uh, just, you know, learning from other people to what they use on their boards. Like, Oh, I love that tone that he has or she has. Let me like ask them what they're using so I can, <laughs> you know, try it right. for myself. But also the thing is, too, is that you mentioned how Stevie had an amazing tone. You could have the same exact, or let's say I could have the same exact setup as Stevie. You know, I could have the big, I don't know, he used like big Marshall stacks or like, um, you know, the 12, 12 gauge strings on a, you know, uh, a Strat and like a tube screamer uh, uh, dialed up and I could you know, have the same exact setup as him and maybe even try and play the same licks, but it's not going to sound just like him because my fingers are not my, my fingers and the way that I approach the song or the licks is going to be different than how he would play it, you know, cause you're just two different people. <laughs> but I think that's really cool because everybody has their own, unique sound no matter what type of type of gear that you're using you know um it, you're still gonna have that um i guess it's kind of like mannerisms when you're talking yeah you know it, it's kind true. of like that that's it a good that way, way to put that's it that's a really good way to put it yeah it's very insightful because I feel like, no, <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. so true. It doesn't really matter. We learn something from every person we yeah. talk to. It's great. No, but it, it there and there and I've noticed this to my own playing. Like there's little ways that I'll strum or mm -hmm. something I'll do or progression I'll use that I can't seem to. It's just like part of what I do. Mm -hmm. You talk about like that approach. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, Stevie yeah. would probably sound like Stevie if he got like uh, you know little hello kitty toy guitar right i still sound plug it into a little toy the tone would still be there you're probably like what is he doing yeah. again we're going back to the it's it's like it's inside of you you know yeah and it's like you you'll never be able to replicate that well, it got me thinking so like we've talked about in in prior episodes where you know when you're playing guitar one of the things that why the guitar is so mystical and cool is like you're the circuit you know what I'm saying? Like you're completing the circuit to connect that those vibrations. Because when you when you strum the string, you know how it vibrates. Have you ever take? Have you ever seen what a guitar string looks like when you film it and slow it down? Mm -hmm. Like it looks like you, yeah. know, you can see it's the a, wave. Yeah. Well, you're completing. I actually did a school. I'm sorry. I actually did a school like um, project. Yeah. In, like, physics on like the sound waves. Oh, that's rad. 
Oh, have cool. like a current with pedals and stuff. I want to pivot and get into this science project. Let's just talk about that. What, what grade <laughs> were you in when you did this? Oh my god, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it just you know, you're good. I'm glad that. you did. I want to know. You're the one this. that's supposed to be talking. You're here. kind of the you start the show here. Um, but I did. Yeah, it was in Mr. Hominick's class. I was a sophomore, I think. That's great. And it was a physics class, and we were, I guess, talking about different types of like waves and like sound waves and different things and so I brought like my amp and I brought like a pedal board and my guitar because I wanted to play for everybody but also <laughs> to show <laughs> the different types of waves within um like a circuit or like a on your on a board yeah basically and so I just explained all that and I even drew like little waves like with the like a overdrive what's the difference between like an overdrive pedal and the distortion pedal like yeah. the distortion clips the wave more than the overdrive pedal and all that and they were just like wow they were unimpressed yeah like, come on <laughs> there's such a science to it though no i'm impressed that's no, cool all that stuff is so like i i love that stuff is fascinating well you to can me. just go die deep with that stuff but it just got me thinking about how you know you know how you said you could have all the same gear and everything that Stevie had, but it wouldn't be the same. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's not just the fingers, too. It's the per – but it's that's the reason because, you know, when you think as electrical circuit, you as the human being, you, you have electricity in your body. You are that circuit. And if it's you playing that gear or if I pick up the guitar, same same setup, and I play what Ryan does, it's going to sound different, like between the three of us mm -hmm. even. You know, even if you were playing the same riff, it would you would hear a difference if you were listening mm -hmm. for it anyway. Some people maybe wouldn't if they're mm -hmm. not. But, you know, I just think that's cool. And that's cool that you did that for a science project. Like, that's great. <laughs> did you at least get an A? Yeah, it was fun. It was it was fun to do. And it and it helped me learn more, too. It, it I yeah. learned a lot about my instrument and what's going on, you know. So that was really fun for me to, to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Did you did you get a good grade on it? At least get an A or Oh yeah, my teacher loved it. Good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he like filmed me. He like filmed me doing all the guitar stuff. Oh yeah. Did you still have the footage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Save that for like a release of now like special footage at the end, you know, you could like and this is when <laughs> I Allie at her early age. Early. Exactly. That's the beginning. Cool. In the beginning. In the beginning. There was In the <laughs> science, <laughs> guitar science nerd. You I, know, I don't know why I thought of this, uh, based on what you just shared. But what what is it like going uh, back and revisiting like your first album and like uh, playing um, that so songs live and like it, that's kind of uh, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So my first album that I put out with it was with Connor Connor Ray. Uh, music out of Houston with Steve Crace and Rockamano. And um, I was still learning my sound. I'm still tech. I'm still learning my sound to this day. Like I don't, I, I like to try different things and break rules and all that fun stuff. I like to do that. But um, my first album, it's cool to listen back to because it's, it's, I can see how I've evolved as an artist and a songwriter and a guitar player um, from now, from my first album, even though it wasn't mm -hmm. that long ago. Like I was, when I put that album out, I was probably like, I wrote the songs and I was like 15 or 16. 
and I put it out when I was 16 or that is so crazy it took me so 10 it wasn't years. that long ago but the, <laughs> the the amount of change from the first album to what I'm going to put out in February is like so different it's so different but there's still what what there's still those blues elements to both of those albums you know and I'm still and you can see that I'm trying different things in both of the albums too so <laughs> that's a process isn't it yeah it is it's yes. ne- it never ends it never no ends. <laughs> but that's what's awesome about making music too yeah the possibilities. it's endless of possibilities on all different types of spectrums <laughs> but you're right yeah and that's that's what I love about one of the things I love about music is that you know there is a symphony behind every note. You can, you can like one note has in either direction on the frequency spectrum, right? Like an infinite number of of mm-hmm. octaves, right? And a song is never really done. Um, you know, you can take an idea and keep working with it and working with it, and and it'll evolve and change. And so will you, right? And so will your style. And so mm-hmm. will you know, that's, that's great that you're still, you know, you're, you're still into experimenting. You're still, you know, cause you talk about like evolving your sound. I mean, I'm still doing it, man. I, I'm still mm-hmm. trying to, um, figure out my sound even to this day. Right. It's part of that process is, is the pursuit exploration. Of- yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Tone chasing. Absolutely. Yeah, Van crazy. Halen, Van Halen is one guy I think of, like he said, he was every day constantly <laughs> fiddling with things and. Experience. yeah mm-hmm. tinkering you know that's mm-hmm. so much fun to do though like i don't know mm-hmm. how many years it took me to realize that the how, what what little subtle differences i could do just with the like the volume knob on the guitar you yeah because when i started knob, the magical like, tone knob yeah and the tone knob you know because it started it's everything's on 10 and like let's go and loud as i could be and i still there's still a part of me that wants to just hit the strings as hard as possible yeah i noticed that hey I'm and then you on it. dial it up more to 11 and yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> she gets it she gets it yeah <laughs> yeah so but yeah you, you're the you probably miss your ears ringing then judging by <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry what you probably miss your ears ringing i'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> She got yeah, you. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Allie, you're my new favorite. <laughs> uh, that's just part of the process, and I don't mind it. Like, even to this day, I'll still turn everything up super loud. Yeah. You got a feeling in your chest, you know what I'm saying? You got to – there's something about that. You have to turn <laughs> yeah, it up loud. Good. I feel like it's good, like you said. I feel like it's good to evolve to – not really to, like, stay – keep the music relevant but in a way like you know if you think about country music and how it's evolved you know and yeah. rock music how it's evolved even pop music it rap changes. music r music right. all of that music evolves and you know i feel like in blues there's this kind of tug of war with keeping it how it certain people want it to be your grandpa's then, blues yeah <laughs> the purest you call it. I love that. I love that blues. I I love listening to it. I love playing it. But I also love trying new things with blues. To and also, I feel like that's how you get people my age that don't understand that that uh, 
type of blues into to get into that, if that makes sense. Because in does. a way, that's what Stevie did. You know, he only he put his spin on you know his inspirations and his his blues. He put it's it's his version of what he's putting out for for blues music, and that's what drew a lot of people in to the genre. That's and so true. I feel like that that's kind of all these other genres are doing it. <laughs> Why can't blues do? <laughs> yeah. Well, it can, and it needs people like you that care enough to to have that as your purpose and to to push to push it forward, right? Like, um, that that's another thing that's been really cool about what it is that we're doing here at the podcast exactly. is we've talked to a lot of young musicians, and it's very encouraging because you know some people out there they almost it's like they think the instrumental music is dead or instru- instrumentation, you know, everything's on the computer. And yet I see a, we see a lot of instrumentalists, like people that play instruments and actually like are, are, are moving forward, like young people who are, you know, they're about like making music, human music, right? Like with our hands, you know, like I just, I just, I'm encouraged by that. I get excited about that, you know, like, um, it's not all just like DJ and, and, and vocalists singing kind of music. You, you know what I mean? Someone going on stage, hitting play, and then there's a person dancing mm-hmm. in front, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel yeah, like I, I need more than that, you know? Like me personally, <laughs> I need more than that to enjoy an, an artist. Well, I'm blown away because there's so many people like yourself, Ali, that have accomplished so much at such a young age. Yeah, that's so cool. Like where you're at. Like it's, it blows great. my mind. Absolutely. Like, that gets me excited. You put your first album out at 16. <laughs> it took me 10 years. It took me 10 years. I wrote, like, most of the songs on my album were written, like, 10 years. I was 25 when I got that thing done. Gosh, like, that's so great. That's so great. Well, just know, you... once you put it out there, it's out there. That's yeah, true. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm there. glad I put it out because, it, again, it shows, like, my growth and who I am as an artist and a songwriter. Yeah. That's a good thing. Because like you said, you know, you do, you know, you put out, as you continue to put out more music, there's a, there's an arc, right? There's a journey. Mm -hmm. And see, Mm -hmm. for me, that's one of the things I really love about artists that just, you know, they keep making music, right? And there's these different albums they have. I love seeing that change over time and, and where Mm -hmm. it goes. Like that's, that's part of the fun as a music fan, you know, to see your favorite artists grow and change with, with music, you know? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, being involved like, with I it. Like, yeah. Even if it's something that I may not, like, like I really love um, Paramore. Like, oh, yeah. A, I really love Paramore. And, like, their older stuff is awesome. And I respect the fact that they, like, tried something new that maybe wasn't the same as their old stuff, but they also gained more fan, like fans from, you know, more of a poppier right. side of things. And I like that they, they like, tried to, exp- or want to expand and try new things that way too. Yeah. I don't feel like as a For fan, example. I should dictate how an artist is going to make their music. Like I- yes. I'm with you there. See with Paramore, <laughs> I, I, I heard about them many years ago. I worked at this, um, at a cell phone store and one of the promotions that the corporation was doing was like the CD and uh, that one of their songs from the, <laughs> um, from an early album was on the CD. And, and I really just, there's something about Haley's voice, right? I like just latched onto it. So I went and bought that out I think it was a 2005 album. 
uh, All We Know or something like that, or uh, All We Know Is Fallen. I forget the name of the album, but um, I really, really like, so what I was already into them before their big, big hits came out. And then their big mm-hmm. hits came out and that, that, that one big album that was, you know, all over the place, right? The Riot. Yeah, that's the one. Album. Oh, you were one of those guys. I knew them before they were famous. One of the few <laughs> bands, right, that I was I totally into. When. I was yeah. totally into them when they, before they were just mega huge. And, you know, so like when they, when that sound, and I, if I remember correctly, I thought maybe the guitar player left or something like that is why, also why some of the sound changed. And I, I will admit not being as into some of the newer, poppier stuff, but that's okay. Like, I still love the fact that they're, they're making music, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it's not my cup of tea, like I just, I love, like, you know, I like the career arc, even if I don't Mm -hmm. always necessarily latch on to every album or in it's not, I don't feel like I'm obligated to have to love every album that a band puts out, you know, like one of my favorite bands is third eye blind. I don't love every one of their newer albums. No offense, Steven Jenkins. I love you. (laughs) Um, But I'm just saying, like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't dig every last one. He will hear that. He probably will hear that and be offended. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? You were my biggest fan. But no, like, um, but that's cool. Just cut that part out. Cut it out. We'll just edit it out. <laughs> but no, I I, um, I really – Paramo's a really good example of this because they've had a different career arc, right? And But I, I just love that, that the it doesn't – band backlash sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. Like, you know, in, and all the greats make waves, right? You can't – I really think that it's good for someone's career to to be able to weather those storms and to, and to just keep going with it, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. great. So that's yeah, a good just example. Keep, just keep making music and keep trying things. I like that. Yeah. I like that it's not the same album every album. It gets stale, yeah. right? You got to do something yeah. different. You have to. Yeah. yeah. And like we've talked about, you're never going to be the same person yeah. that you were last time you recorded an album. That's so, so you can't true. expect the music to ever be the same. Yeah. That's There's so also true. a balance, too. Like, you, I mean, you still want to, in my opinion, you still want to like have those elements of yourself in your sound, mm-hmm. but like you can try, try new things, you know? I mean, it's still, it's still you, you know, it's still your sound because it, you know, it's, it's coming from you. Exactly. <laughs> so. Makes me think of Metallica. I don't know if you remember yeah. back in the day when oh, they cut uh, their yeah. hair or when they started. It was like such a big deal. Oh my gosh, oh it's my not, goodness. they sold out. It's not the same anymore. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I never understood that. Take people. a chill pill, people. So, well, man. people get really attached to these artists. Metallica's and... probably the, the, or is the greatest metal band of all time, I think. <laughs> I mean, you could have a debate. You can't really but argue. I was going to say, you could, you could debate it, but ultimately they're the most recognizable. They're the ones that push because the genre everybody forward. Go, everybody takes from or takes inspiration from them. Yeah. You know? They're kind of the it yeah, band. What they did in the 80s, people are trying to replicate now. Yeah, Still not quite, quite able to do it. I have to agree with you. I mean, I really think they're the ones that, that really pushed it forward. I mean, and I and I, I was so not into them. And even I got into them for a little while and stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> thanks to this guy. Um, we I was not into metal, like, whatsoever. Like, not even in the slightest, dude, when we started hanging out. It's been a long time. We were your age when we started hanging out. <laughs> so what? Uh... My, my mom. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say my mom is the one that got me into like 80s rock and like metal. Oh yeah. She's like she's a seventh grade reading teacher. And she like <laughs> listens to these like crazy rock songs. And it's That's really funny. cool. She, but she's the one that got me into like 
Rat and um, wow, okay, and Metallica and Avenged Sevenfold and she's got good like taste. That. Sounds like a cool lady. <laughs> <laughs> she's taking you to concerts she, and stuff. She and... has like in her uh, not in her new room, but her older room. She had like these huge posters of like all these bands. Huh. Like she had like a wall of just band posters, <laughs> and the students would come and be like, Miss Venable. We didn't know you liked all of this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, you're cool now. I, I <laughs> well, that makes sense. Why you? I guess why the guitar you picked up. Yeah, guitar then, huh? that's great. <laughs> it makes sense why you had that support. You know, that's so cool. That's so important, mm-hmm. though. For like, man, for musicians to have family, especially like your parents, like it comes be, up and every understand because yeah. a lot of people don't understand that being a musician is like, you know. A job. Yeah. So when I tell some people, they're like, "So, uh, you, you're a musician, and you make money, and, right. you, and I'm like, yeah. it doesn't compute with most people, right? <laughs> so like, how are you a musician? <laughs> you can well, what's yeah, your yeah, real what's job? Your, yeah, though? what's your real job? What's yeah. your real job? Yeah, what's your, day your job? real job? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you really do? I'm like, okay, but that's not okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Ali? Like. Just the, that whole th- like I feel like there's a lot of people that probably would have gone into the industry that didn't because of that mentality that yeah. you can't. Do well, especially it. just for creatives in general, like yeah. not only like musicians but you know artists and just people that create things, not just not just like music, I guess. But I, I feel like it. It's I'm not gonna understand somebody's you know job unless i'm actually doing that job you know i'm never gonna fully understand it so i just look at it that way like people aren't gonna fully understand what i'm doing unless they do it (laughs) you know (laughs) or unless they're around it you know if that if that makes sense and that's and i totally understand that because i could say that about you know somebody else's job like i have no idea how to be do be an like a chemical engineer like i don't know anything about that you know <laughs> so i guess it's this it's kind of the same same thing i look at it like that yeah just not as cool as a guitar <laughs> i mean i don't think so <laughs> yeah the guitar yeah my it's, totally cooler, it. it's tough for creative i talked to a guy he uh he's a sale you know it's, he, he's in sales and but he's an artist and he was telling me how when he was bored, he would like draw, like he would even draw little self portraits of himself on little pieces mm-hmm. of paper or like receipt paper from the store and like hide them in different parts of the store and put like a little, you found me on it, you know, oh, when, and like go to this clue for the next one. Or <laughs> stuff like, like that. Cool. Like, you know, and it's so creative. Right. And, and so many of us, I think, you know, it's like, it's, it comes down to money. Like you're never going to make any money doing this. And, oh, you know, you, you, you got to have a real job because, you know, you need to make money. And, and we, we focus so much as a culture on the, the almighty dollar. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Extreme, for, you know, <laughs> a little extreme reference there. But, um, but it's like the money will come. You know, and if you're if you're a creative person and you just keep after it and you keep inventing, the thing is the world needs people like us to create. 
right? And and the world the world will reward us for that monetarily, but it just it's really really difficult. You have to just keep pushing through. I'm kind of curious about um, obstacles for you. Like this is actually a question I like to ask a lot of times with our guests. Um, you know, how did you like? What were there obstacles you had to overcome? Like this transition from being a kid, right? And you're still a young adult, but you're you know you're an adult. Like, what was that transition like coming out of high school and like getting into, you know, you were already doing albums and stuff as a, like a, what is that, tra- what was that transition like for you? Like coming into adulthood and you, you, you choosing this as your craft and mm-hmm. like, um, did you, did you have obstacles that you had to overcome to, you know, to, or did you just, was it just smooth sailing for you? <laughs> so smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> it just worked out great. Yes, I was just sailing and I was gutting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, first of all, I was ready to get out of high school. I did not have a fun high school experience. It was okay, but it was not what I was thinking about all the time. When I was in high school, I was thinking about writing songs, playing my shows on like in on the weekends, hmm. and even going to, if I had a festival, going looking forward to go and playing that show. Um, especially towards the end of my high school, like when I was a junior, senior, I didn't, I had stopped playing sports. I was fully into like what I wanted to do. And just my head was in a space that I think that my fellow peers were not at. (laughs) That makes it makes perfect imagine. sense. Yeah, it makes yeah, if you're sense. if you're focused on playing shows and festivals, then I all the drama and all the other nonsense <laughs> yeah. that most people are concerned with probably didn't really concern so you nonsense. too much. But also, like we talked about before, like making sacrifices, I had to make a decision. Or at that, I didn't have to, but at that time, I did. I was. I said, you know, I'm. I want to Bruce focus Lee. my time Bruce. and energy. Sorry, Allie. <laughs> Sorry. Bruce Lee to took focus. a dive back there. <laughs> um, focus my time and energy on, um, you know, my career versus, you know, being a high schooler and, and, and being in that world of, yeah. you know, going and hanging out with friends and doing fun stuff. And, you know, I mean, I still did a couple, did some of that, but I didn't really go to like any like high school parties. I didn't. You weren't go getting to... drunk on the weekends and just being doing nonsense. No, yeah. I was not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I'm happy about. I feel like music has kept me out of a lot of trouble too, because I'm so focused and mm. doing my music. But I, at that at that time, I just I don't know. I just made a decision. Like I want to go full on, you know, into this and just see what happens like I don't have nothing to lose right now because I'm still you know in in high school you know I'm still you know I want to try it you know and I want to see how it goes and just put my heart into it so that's I guess that's what I was one of my struggles is is you know sacrificing certain things to accommodate to make to for my career Hmm. if that makes sense like, oh, that makes and at such a young age, I mean, most people don't start doing that stuff until they're in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, to have the the presence you know? of mind and yeah. self restraint, discipline like that's, that's hard. I mean, like a discipline to to say no, I don't need to go out right now. I have to like practice this, or I need to work on this, or I need to learn how to do this. You know, that there's a lot of that with being a musician. I need to learn how to 
figure out how to do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's so funny. Um, like going back a little bit and like tying it into what we were just talking to. It's very ironic that the like everything that goes into making music and it's like everyone has an experience with music and they know that someone has to make it but yet they still believe that that's not something that people should do for yeah it's like how can <laughs> but everyone has a favorite song everyone has an experience with music it's just so ironic to me that people like don't put that together somehow you well because it's so instant now i feel you know like even with like how the the music industry is now with like streaming and everything you know it's so it's so like for the consumer it's awesome because you just got to pay five bucks a month on like spotify or apple music or even on youtube now Mm -hmm. and you get like unlimited songs which for again for the consumer that's awesome because like it's but it's it's turning music into something that's let i mean people enjoy music and they like listening to it you know in in their cars when they're going to work or around when they're on a trip they make playlists and stuff but it's not that great for the musician <laughs> yeah i hear <laughs> because that it's, because it's it makes it less um valuable I guess. Yeah, you when know, when you it, get unlimited songs for five dollars, the the value of each individual song goes down. And this is why you can see in popular music how songs just get shorter and shorter. So you have two minute songs now instead of used to be a four minute song you hear in the radio. You mm-hmm. know, you're so right. Um, but I do think it does present us unique opportunities um, as musicians in the digital age that you know our forebears did not have. Right. Right. Like, no, I I agree. I agree with that too. Like social media side. has definitely. It you just have to know how. Uh, it's like a give and take type yeah. thing. Like how to navigate certain things and mm-hmm. um, what social media also brings as a for for an artist and for a creator as well, and um, it is different. <laughs> I will say this though. You made me think of something, Mally. It's like. When you write an album, when you put it together, like there's a reason why you put a certain track as the first track. There's yeah. a reason why you decided to leave so this true. song off or do this or that or like everything that went into making the album, like the album art that you chose or this and that. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like nowadays, like for an artist, they don't have to cut their paintings into, you know, quarters and you only see that quarter and you don't understand. You know what I mean? It's like, you want the full picture, like getting an album back in the day, like you had to physically go to the store and buy it. And mm-hmm. it was like an experience to yeah. take it in from start to finish. So that part mm-hmm. of, I feel like that element's kind of gone too, where it's like, it's that still back, out there, yeah. but it's like niche. Like there's still artists that do vinyl, right? And, and vinyls yeah, I do vinyl. come back. Yay. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, and I actually need to get a, a new record player. Cause I yeah, I've been wanting forever. to, cause like that oh, for perfect. this reason, yeah, I collect vinyl. Oh, that's oh, cool. awesome! That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, and and that's some of my some of my favorite memories growing up was like, um, you know, sitting around the record player with the family, and maybe it was just me. Family was in the room, but I was always in front of the record player. <laughs> you know, we put they put on uh, you know different vinyl records, and and like that for me was the experience. You know, like and the thing is huge, right? You flip through the little booklet and you read the lyrics. It's an experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that element. I think it's, I don't think it's gonna go away. You got people your age who are doing it. I love that you're into vinyl. That's awesome, Allie. Oh, like, I love it. That's great. I ah, love it. 
That's awesome. What do you what do you like <laughs> about it? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. As opposed to what do I like about yeah, it? Yeah, as opposed to just digital music or um, anything else. It's like I said, it's like more of an experience and like when I wanna like wind down or like if I have time to like just do nothing or I set aside a time for myself. I like to play my records and it's it's also special to me because my my mom and dad got me at my turntable. Oh yeah. It was like about 5 years ago they got it for me. Oh. And um it's also like special cuz it's from them. And um it's cool because it's just like a it's almost like I don't want to I don't know if this is the right word but like an eclectic thing or like a um vintage like thing that's kind of cool too to it and then also um vinyl sound different to Mm, me mm -hmm. and then um a lot of times the records will come with like lyric books or like just extra things that come that you wouldn't get with a cd maybe you know like um also like the it's like artwork too the vinyl, like some of them have like full, when you open them up, they're like full on pictures. And like, sometimes they come with posters. Like I have a Pink Floyd uh, vinyl that came with like all these posters, like stuff like that, that I really like because it's extra stuff that, that to the, with the music. <laughs> it yeah, adds to the whole experience of the music yeah. itself. It really does. You get these images that the artist created. That's great. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You realize how how much of an emotional experience music is in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much. It's it's so deep. Like it re- the way that it resonates with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it blows my mind. <laughs> I think I understand music, and then I, you know, because we we'll oh, ta- know. we're talking to different people, like yourself, Ellie. You know, everyone has their unique perspective, and they're. Mm-hmm. their wisdom to share and their That's insights part of the like it's just music really is a universal language the <laughs> yeah we've talked about that it really we've is talked too. to people all over the world and it's funny you know they're all on the same same page it's it's or you like to say vibrating on the same frequency exactly and yeah. i feel that it doesn't really seem to matter the genre either you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like whatever um you know doesn't matter like it, people that do this for a living there's just sort of a certain frequency that we all sort of understand and latch onto that mm-hmm. makes it fun. I mean, just, it's a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. For... I think also one more thing to add. My, I feel like music has given me a different perspective of the world too, you know, cause being able to travel to all these different places and go overseas and see all these different places, all these different European countries. Like mm-hmm. I went to, Germany, the Netherlands, Austria, Sweden, Switzerland, France, Belgium, the UK, Scotland, like all these different places that, which I'm very grateful and honored to even go to these places and play music. But it's given me, like I said, a different outlook on earth or an outlook on how the world is versus what you're seeing, what you see on like TV, you know, and just how people are you know, through music. And I'm very grateful for that, you know, to have that, have those experiences because of playing music. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have a, I don't know how to describe it, but like your personality, you have a maturity 
and uh, and, oh, and a wisdom. Thank you. No, but like <laughs> a little for the pose. But no, but like you were very insightful, and and I think, but it lends to that. I think people who do this, you know, and and choose this as their path, they're deeper thinkers. Yeah, I would agree with that, and that I, that that trend has really been clear. Like especially, you know, as we talk to young musicians and really just musicians of all ages, there is that that little piece of us that um, it is, it is sort of, you, you get a deeper layer, I think of, of someone who, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just, I really enjoy it. Like, I really appreciate your perspective and, and like, I, you know, like Ryan's saying, we learn something from everybody. Like, um, you know, you've, you've, you've just given us, you've given me a lot to think about and I really like, <laughs> no, I do. I really, you're just, blowing our it. minds, Ali. I'm not going to, you know, I'm trying to blow smoke here, man. No, <laughs> no. And then I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to just, just get gas you here. I really, I really do mean this stuff. And, um, you know, we, I feel like we've been really fortunate to have such amazing talent, like to come on and, and like, it's really cool to hear some about your experiences. And like that said, like you said, the travel, right. Going to these different countries and, um, what an experience and, and what a, it's amazing what, for all the, you talk about like people who take music for granted, but yeah, it still can do so much. Like we still have, mm -hmm. there's still, there's still so much that you can do with a music career and, and the old model, right? The old way that it was done doesn't have to be the only way, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many avenues for us. That is true. That is true. There's a lot of different ways that you can be a musician <laughs> and it's Heck awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. But, you know, the guitar is kind of the... Yes, it's the coolest way we've established. <laughs> yeah, the guitar is the coolest way. <laughs> there, it's one thing I've said before, Ali. There's something... There's just something about the guitar. It's just... I don't it know. It's cool. Have we had you a saxophone can't. player on yet? Because I really feel like you put a saxophone player up there. That's pretty cool. Good saxophonist, you don't think? You're only going to... You're only pausing like I'm this not, because you play guitar. Uh, no, I... Yeah, it's just, you know, tongue-in-cheek <laughs> being a guitar player. <laughs> I gotta show it. the love, you well, know for sure. Thank you, Ali, for my little careless whisper. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good. It's a good hey, one. if it's good, it's great good. reference. You know your stuff. Oh my gosh! Ali. Before we go, my my boyfriend plays um, this song by Foreigner, and it's called Urgent. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. And like he's like, get ready, Ali. Here's the saxophone, and like it's just like this <laughs> this awesome. It's an awesome saxophone like lead on this. Foreigner song, y'all need to, if y'all don't, if y'all haven't heard it, for the viewers, if y'all haven't heard it, y'all need to look it up. This is like my boyfriend's like favorite song and he always plays it to be funny. Like, but it's a really <laughs> good song. But I just thought of that when you said like saxophone. Exactly. He sounds like a cool dude. We probably get along with him. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Ali. Yeah, thank like, you for your time. Such a blast to talk to you and, and, and chat. Talk shop with you and stuff. Um, when if our beautiful listeners want to uh, find you, where can what what are your social handles or, or website or like how do they reach you? Yeah, anywhere. I'm everywhere. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Spotify and uh, Twitter, all that stuff. And it's just my name. It's Ali Venable Band, and it's I know there's all these different ways to spell Ali, but it's A L L Y. And then my last name is Venable, V-E-N-A-B-L-E, band.com. Sweet. <laughs> we'll be awesome. looking forward to the, the next album. Yeah, when is it? Here. Do you have a release date for that stuff yet? 
Yeah, it's uh, February 26th is Whoa. when we're going to release it. And I should have like a pre-sale up um, sometime in January. Cool. And of the out of where everybody can get the, wherever they like to get it from. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Can't but wait. Yeah, I'm excited. And Two thank you all away. so much for having me. This was so fun. Yay. We, again, <laughs> we appreciate your time, you know, taking time out of your world for us. Yeah, for real. We we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, it was it's I like I enjoy like talking to people about music and just like decompressing for a little bit. So <laughs> it's really fun. It's uh it's what we're all about. It's that's you know, we found that uh you, it's surprising how many people do enjoy the discussion, right? And like getting into this stuff. Like we really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, everybody, you know where to find us. You, and now you know where to find Allie as well. We uh, we love you all. Bye. Oh, here inside the sun.